What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Quartet Sign Up Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shemanoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. It is Angel Ortega. Folks, it is a packed week. We got UFC 285 to go over, UC Vegas. Uh, well, actually, this one's technically not even numbered because it's not taking place at the Apex, but nonetheless, it's an event going down in Vegas that's not at T-Mobile or at Apex. We got Bellator 292, as well as some news to go over. Before we get into all that, as always, we're brought to you by two fantastic sponsors of the show, Rogue Energy and Elixir. Rogue Energy, long, uh, long-time sponsor. Obviously, you guys know the deal. You go ahead and buy them, get yourself fueled up, whether you're going to the gym, whether you're working out, whether you're just, you know... Working at your job, whatever it can do, whether you're playing video games, tons of different uses. And you can go ahead and use code SOUTOFF to get 10% off of, of uh, at RogueEnergy.com. Elixir.com, the exact opposite. If you want to go and get yourself really fucking high, they got some good shit. Delta 8, Delta 9, HHC, they got it all. Uh, use them for a while now, and I am a big, big fan of their products. And once again, code SOUTOFF, 10% off both of those. Well, Angel, I honestly, I really don't think there's any other way. You know, I mean, uh, UC285, you know how they used to have, like, the taglines? Like, you know, you would see, like, fucking 24 knockout or whatever the fuck. UC285, I don't know shit about MMA. <laughs> we spent, like, an hour, like, an hour and, like, 50, the longest episode we've had in a long time. It's like an hour and 50 minutes talking about John Jones' return. I don't know, man. My picks are pretty solid this week. And they were. I mean, you went you went three and two. I went two and three. Dude, in the time that I did the intro, John Jones beat Cyril Gaon. <laughs> yeah, he essentially took him down. In, well, didn't take him down. He, he slipped the punch, got the takedown, got the trip, got the back. Cyril's turned, and John, in the words of the great and powerful Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, he sat on John Jones sat on Cyril Gaon's lap and said, "Give it to me, Daddy," and he choked him out. So uh, yeah, man, John Jones and new. I mean. It was almost anticlimactic in a way, but I mean, there's not a whole lot to, to add about this one in terms of analysis. But Angel, give me your thoughts on man. I think of all the ways for the fight to go, I think we, I mean, we said last week on the show, if John Jones is a fraction of what he used to be, this is a really good matchup for him. I don't think we realized just how good of a matchup it was. And look, uh, like I said, we we had some conversations in the green, green room before we started. I mean, we we couldn't help it, you know. We, me and Josh do our best to knock talk to each other uh, throughout the week, maybe limit our conversations a little bit to bring you guys the best show possible on planet Earth. I mean, I mean, this is the number one best podcast, the number uh, one podcast on the planet, the Courts Asana podcast. Please go ahead, Angel. There's no better show that talks about MMA in the world in the English language, <laughs> but uh. I decided to make a Michael Brown for fourth block. Right. But uh, at at the end of the day, Josh, I mean, I, I, we, were, we were talking about it. I mean, John really probably didn't put a, a lot of weight on how we were thinking. Like, we were thinking John was going to come in maybe. That was a big thing for me. I didn't know how much John was going to weigh. It's like, is John really going to weigh 265? I was like, no, nah, he's not going to. And he didn't. He came in at 248. Cyril came in at 247 and a half. Um. Uh, and John even said it afterwards. He's like, uh, or I think I was watching some videos. He's, he's like, this feels very natural. I feel very comfortable at this weight, you know? And it makes sense because he didn't add a crazy amount of weight to what he already had previously throughout his camps. I mean, you, you told me that you had flowed in the 220 plus range, uh, in this off, uh, just between fights. Maybe, you know, and I this is just speculating. Maybe he blew up, uh, at most or in a, at, at some point, maybe 230 pushing it, you know, with a little extra. 
sat in there. And now he added on that extra muscle, did it properly. It, it makes sense, right? Maybe he's not deteriorating himself. Who knows? But at the end of the day, you cannot learn wrestling in a short amount of time. And we learned that, Josh. Uh, you saw mm-hmm. Habib's message to uh, to Searle telling him to come to Dagestan and, and come and train for like two years. I was like, dang, this man's giving him a two-year uh, contract to come to, to Dagestan, man. I mean, who are they training? He didn't do it. No. Uh I mean, it was short. It was sweet. I mean, and uh, I, I kind of want to let you want to talk a little bit because obviously I thought John was going to win. Obviously, I didn't expect it to be as quick as it was. So I think you have a little bit more to add in the sense of uh, things you, uh, you know, certain specific opinions coming out of the fight. Yeah, I think it's about time. I, I'm going to go ahead and he, eat a little bit of crow, man. You know, like I, uh, I was kind of feeling myself over the last weeks. I've had a couple of good picks, you know. And, uh, yeah, I don't know shit. So, essentially, I mean, this is, um, I don't have too many thoughts about this one, honestly, man. I thought, like, I said on the show last week, and I, I, I'm kind of, I, when it comes to, like, my picks in MMA, I kind of, I'm kind of a little bit weird, you know? Like, sometimes I'll be, like, logic-based, and other times I'll just, like, fucking pick with my gut, you know? And I thought, logically, John should win. But as we all forget, John Jones has plot armor. So, <laughs> fuck yeah, he does, dude. <laughs> he does have plot armor. So essentially, I mean, he just uh, it it is what it is. I mean, he uh, there's not a whole lot to say about it from my from my view. I mean, what I will say is that I came out I, going into this fight, I expected it to like be like, okay, if Cyril Gon wins, it's gonna be like one of the most like impressive. You can hear the fucking tornado sirens, folks. That's what it's like living in Kansas. Sam Stranger can attest. Um, anyways, fucking Cyril gone. Um, I remember go- thinking going into this fight, like, either Cyril's gonna go ahead and win, he's just probably gonna end up, you know, probably edging out of the decision. It's probably gonna be ca- kind of similar to maybe like the Reyes fight, where, you know, Cyril can have some success. John tries to turn to the wrestling, but it doesn't, doesn't work entirely, you know. Or John will just come out here and fucking show why he's John Jones, but either way, I'm going to come out of this feeling really positive. I kind of feel like it was anticlimactic in a sense. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm, do you feel the same way? Oh, no, I agree with you. I mean, the, I was super anxious, like, waiting for everything to happen. I was like, oh, my God, we're, we're here. And then, like, you know when he was going up the stairs to get stopped because of the tape? Yeah, they and stopped they, him for a couple minutes, right? Yeah, and it was like, oh, my God, it's all, they're, throwing, they're throwing him off the mojo. It's, it's, it's all chalked down. Like, I, I just didn't know, you know? I'm like this, this is all, this is all factoring in, you know, and uh, yeah, no, it was a little anticlimactic. Like you said, I uh, when it ended, I was kind of like, damn, that that's it. I, it. It was shocking. I mean, we were in, and the most shocked person that night wasn't you know the people. It was Cyril Gone who was left oh, there yeah. Yeah. in shambles. You know, I talked to you about this. I had never seen a fighter with uh, that kind of expression ever. Obviously, we've seen guys lose and be uh, very heartbroken and and distraught and kind of have this uh they're surprised but they're surprised for how they how they lost i think uh, i don't know i i think i'm i'm trying to put it into the right words here i mean obviously you're surprised about how the fashion he lost but i think it was more or less the dominance rather than what he got caught with mm-hmm. yeah i mean I, it, kind of, it kind of sorry to cut you off but it seemed to me like he just, he, he, he kind of, the look on his face is the look of like, oh, I knew I fucked, I like, I, all right, well, I fucked up, and I'm never going to get this chance back. It's hard to like, kind of take that away from like, just looking at a guy's facial reactions, 
But I've never seen like a fighter that dejected in like a long, long time. You know? Um, I don't know, man. It was just, it was weird. It was, it was kind of like a weird, it was a weird fight. It was a weird fight. Uh, I don't think, because I mean, and we talked about this on the show. I don't know, you, not on the show. We talked about this in the green room, excuse me, before the show. And you kind of disagreed with me a little bit. I said that it was one of the worst, and I want to get other people's opinion on this. It was one of the worst performances I thought in UFC, like title fight history, at least in the modern era. Because there's some guys like fucking John Lober out there who like I like lost like five fights, heading, and he fought Frank Shamrock and like instantly died. But like at that, you know, that that was like that era. You know, there was a lot of bad title challengers. But at least in this modern era of MMA, I'd say from like 2000 and five onwards. I'll say some I'm just throwing that number out there. That, that you know. He he pretty much just he no hand fighting, not scooting back to the fence, not trying to kick out John's base so he can try and stand up. Nothing. Like he just he just it like it, he fucking sat on him and just kinda of threw his arm around and boom chocolate have fucking that's it. And uh I don't know. I've never been that underwhelmed because I I think it's because like I John Jones, and let me be clear here, I, I, some people may take this as, like, me being salty. I'm not being salty at all. Like, John Jones did exactly what John Jones needed to do. I'm disappointed with Cyril, dude. That, that's, that's essentially it. Um, I just did not expect of all the, the ways for that fight to go. Because, like, Cyril has lost before. But, you know, he's had one loss in his career. It was a blind split decision. And even if you're including his Muay Thai run, he never lost there either. You know, and he didn't lose in the amateur MMA scene. So he just went out there and essentially got bitched out for the first time in his career, and I think he realized that, and that was that facial reaction, you know what I mean? Um, but look, dude, enough about this fight, because honestly, we spent ten minutes talking about that fight. That's about seven, not seven minutes, about nine minutes and 30 seconds longer than the fight actually lasted. So I mean, you, you don't want to talk about his call-out, kind of the future of that? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to lead to, because during fight week, we kind of fi- we already found out, Stephen Miocic kind of, I would have preferred, you know, I love me, I, I, you know, actually, I kind of, I kind of like seeing Steve A over Fight Week Angel. It's been so long since we've seen him. I actually kind of enjoyed it. And, uh, but I was a little bit disappointed because I kind of let the surprise go that you and me told him July, International Fight Week. So, uh, I kind of was disappointed because whenever he got on the mic and he, he announced, like, hey, not, not got on the mic and announced, but he called, John called out Steve A. I was kind of already like, all right, well, we knew this was going to happen. But that being said, what do you think about the fight, man? I, th- I think most people at this point are kind of, I don't want to say they're over a potential Stipe John Jones matchup, but based off of the the response I'm seeing across the MMA world, I don't think there's much excitement for it. No, I mean, I don't think there's much excitement. I mean, I, if I'm going to be honest with you, I really don't think he deserves this, to be honest with you. I don't think Stipe deserves a dollar shot after having taken off a few years while there's been active guys like Curtis Blaze, Ty Tuivasa. I'm not saying Ty and should deserve a shot. I'm saying yeah, I see what you're saying, though. Uh, Sergey Pavlovich. Ty didn't get a shot whenever he did have a good winning streak, so. There yeah, you, you know, there's there's these guys who uh, who have been around, who have been active, who are fighting more than once a year, and you're giving it to, I get it, former champ, former, former title challenger, uh, one of the best heavyweights to, com- to compete ever. But, no. I'm sorry. I think it would have been... If, if they would have said, if they would have announced we're going to have a title eliminator between Sergey Pavlovich and uh, Stipe or a title eliminator between Sergey and Curtis or whoever, right? 
and we're into the fight later in the year for John for his title of defense, whoever it may be out of those. I think it would have been more interested in that because I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. Mm. This, this is spicy. Uh, yeah, rather yeah. than a steep baby who's been fighting, uh, you know, forest fires and house fires mm. <laughs> after, you know, a decent layoff. But look, I mean, steep baby's taking time off before we come back, giving us some, you know, good, good performances in his own right. Um, so I can't really hate there. I mean, clearly his process works and it works for a reason. And I mean, he took a lot of damage in that and gone to fight and he's, this is his second time doing it too <laughs> against him. So, I mean, I get it, but I just, I don't know. And, and I look, I, I would have been down for it for the original return if Francis was still the title holder and they couldn't make that fight and they were going to do potentially Stipe and, and, and John. I was super down for it at the time. Now, not so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this fight's a little bit. I'll admit, I'm actually very torn about potential Stipe John fight because I, I'm completely on your side. I don't think Stipe deserves it at all. But also, I think of the options right now, because, okay, Curtis is booked. Curtis and, and Sergey are booked. They're fighting, um, I don't know if it's this month. They're fighting soon. It's either this month or next month. They're going to fight each other? Yeah, correct. Sergey and Curtis. And with that in mind, I really don't have an issue with it, because the winner of that perfectly deserves a title shot. And I, don't, yeah, I, don't, I honestly don't think Curtis or uh, Sergey deserve it right now anyway. So I think them getting a win, whoever wins that fight would then they would deserve it. And in the meantime, I, I I kind of give you shit on the show, so I kind of have to apologize. And I mentioned this, like, on, like, the green room, but, like, you always come on the show and you're like, I wanted to see more. And I never agree with that. But, dude, like, I come out of this fight and I'm like, I completely, it took a couple of years. I know what Angel's, I know what he's saying now. I need to see more, you know? Like, we we came out of this fight, like, John Jones is a heavyweight champion, and I have no answers on how good he actually is. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, he's good enough to beat Cyril Gaon, but Cyril also, like, was shitting his pants, like, during the fight, so I don't know what to take away from that. I think Stipe will test John. I don't think Stipe will beat John, but I think, you know, this fight will head into rounds two and three, you know? I think Stipe, even if he's losing, he can come back in a fight, you know what I mean? He has the wrestling, he has the cardio, and he's and he's a very large heavyweight, you know? John will actually probably dwarf him by the time the fight happens, because I think Steve had mentioned he's walking around 230 these days. So um, he's a lean guy, but maybe that'll, you know, show in the cardio. And we don't know how John Jones will look in the fourth round or the fifth round. Like, he was, he worked up a little fat guy sweat going in the two minutes. Not that I blame him. I've been there, John. It happens. You know? Yeah, so, same, same. <laughs> yeah, I can, I get it. So, but I mean, in terms of a, a matchup between those two, uh, I generally would probably not normally be excited, but given all the other factors, like, all right, Francis is gone. Jones just beat gone. I don't think Curtis or Sergey deserve a title shot right now when they're already booked anyway. And if they're going to fight in July, like, July's right around the corner, man. Like, you know? it doesn't feel like it, but it's it's March 7th right now is, is the day that we're recording this. So it's really not that far away. No, and if you look at the rest of the division, it's like, Ty, no. Aspinall, no. Like, Volkov's fighting this weekend. Like, fuck it, man. Yeah. All right. Stipe, John, let's go, man. You know, not not to push your luck, but we could see John fight three times this year. Don't say that. Don't Good. say that. You say, you say fucking John Jones going to fight three times in a year. I'm pretty sure fucking, you know, like some, some really bad shit's going to happen. I don't want to say But, I mean, it depends. It depends how uh, the Sergey and Curtis fight goes, and it depends how his fight goes. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's true, man. I mean, look, this is what I'll actually say. You know, um, I'm pretty excited right now. I'm excited for the heavyweight division and, and for the first time in a long time. I will acknowledge the division sucks because I think if, if, if – if Suragon's the number the number one guy, I'm kind of kind of down on the division right now, but I am legitimately excited for the future of it, just because we've had this division like in a state of disarray since I'd say probably like Angel. When was the last time the heavyweight division was not un, like not not fucked? Can you think of it? Like it? I mean, I don't know. Can you think of a time? I don't know. I mean, right now. Literally, right uh, now. yeah. Well, right now, but like probably the last time I could think of it was probably twenty. 15, 2016, that would have been right around the time Steve Bay began his reign and he was being relatively active before he started fighting one eight once a year, you know? Yeah. And then Cormier beat him, and then, you know, Cor- DC was old, so he was only fighting once a year, and then Fran fought him, and then to- he tore his shit, and then he fought Cyril and tore his shit again, you know what I mean? Like, just... <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to see how Cyril bounces back. Yeah. Well, I mean, the reality is, I think Cyril... We gotta, we gotta remember. He's 32... Which for heavyweight is very very young, and he's only 13 fights in his career. If there's a, if there's a saving grace as a Cyril Gon fan, and I, I I I'm still a Cyril Gon fan. I'm very disappointed, you know. But I'm, a, I'm a, I still like Cyril Gon, you know. Um, but I, I agree. I think that there is there is hope if you're a Cyril Gon fan. He is he is young, you know. I need to see how he rebounds. But who would you like to see him fight next? Because we know who John's going to fight next. Honestly, one of the losers, the loser of uh, of uh, Sergey and uh, Curtis. They'd be mm-hmm. both coming off losses. They're both highly ranked. They would need both kind of a nice bounce back fight. Mm-hmm. You could schedule that for even later this year. So yeah. Uh, yeah. maybe maybe Romanov too if he if he comes off a win. I mean, there I think there's there's options. There's options. I don't think. Heavyweight's moving. It's flowing. It's getting people up. Their house and I made us on the way up. I think he just got a high profile fight too. Who's he scheduled to fight? Um, Yarzino. Yarzino. Yep. There you go. Bear. So. Yeah, there's activity. There's movement. I mean, they're they're trying to set up it to to flow. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, I think the heavyweight division, like like we said, it's in a fun place right now. Let's keep the the momentum going. You know, let's not. I'm I'm really I'm really hoping John Jones is, is is good this time, you know. I really am. Like I said, I said it last week, I'll give him a clean slate, you know. Um I think like if I fucked up, that's what I want somebody to do for me, but at the same time it's also like just please, John, like don't like just 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 stay out of trouble, man, please, cuz I'm really I'm excited for the first time in a while about this division. So let's go. But dude, I think uh John Jones destroying Cyril Gaon, I feel it kind of overshadowed the fact that Valentina Shevchenko kind of, I mean, if you're talking about bad decision-making, I mean, <laughs> Valentina Shevchenko ends up losing to Alexa Grasso. Uh, f- Fourth-round submission, rear naked choke, she threw one of those, you know, uh, spinning back kicks which she throws, you know, five times a fight, and they always miss by a mile. Well, Alexa Grasso, she saw that shit. Her and her team saw that shit on film. They saw it in training, and they were ready to capitalize. That's exactly what they did on the spin. Boom, takedown, gets the back, sub, Mexico. You got three world champions, man. I Fuck, Angel, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the love right now in Mexico. And I'm not, I'm not even Mexican, you know? So, fucking, 
Oh, come on, I mean, Josh. We, we did your uh, 23 and me. We saw your at least like 5%. No, I'm not, I'm not 5%. I am not 5%, you know, but, uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I was going to make a joke, but there's no way I'm going to make that joke on air. But anyway, so go. Oh, I mean, come if, on, Josh. I'm 9% West African, you know? In, But anyways, as far as the co-main event goes, uh, what do you think about it, man? I mean, obviously, it's a huge win for Alexa Grasso. I'm very, very happy for her. It's been a long time since we've, uh, I don't know, I, like, had a, I don't, not a long time, but had a moment like this. Because even, like, whenever Leon fought Usman, I was like, there's, there's a chance Leon could win. I don't think anybody had gave Alexa Grasso a shot. I, I thought there was a path to victory. I, I laid it out. You know, I yeah. thought there was things that she had done. I just thought her stand-up wouldn't be good enough. Actually ended up being decent you know got her through had her moments she signed uh we had talked about how she lacked growth in her at one point in time in her in her ground game and she evolved that and it showed again uh because she had more than one sub attempt she had like what two three sub attempts yeah uh in total in that fight something like that and obviously her and then obviously her take to the back which ended up getting the victory in the end uh i think valentina i mean obviously clearly her she lost the fight because of a mistake. You know, she threw that technique. We, she knows she's vulnerable when she turns her back. And, you know, like you said, there was tape. They did it. They analyzed it. And Grasso was smart enough to be like, oh, shit, this is my opportunity. And uh, one of my big issues with Jancina uh, this fight was the fact that she wasn't attacking that lead, like, that whole fight, dude. And she had it right there for the taking the whole fight, especially Jancina with the, such great kicks that she has. And, and, and when she did throw him, you saw the stance switch happen from Grosso every single time. Um, so that was one thing for me. It was something that I actually even heard pre-fight that they were like, yeah, I imagine Valentina would probably attack the leg a lot, you know, break it down just because the way uh, Grosso's stance is, you know, cause she has more of a traditional boxing stance and, uh, that'll break her down a bit and then the later rounds it will affect her. Uh, no, I mean, Valentina did it a few times, not as much as I think she should have because she had her switching stances and it, and she just didn't go back to it for some reason, uh, as much as I thought she should have. But it's it's in the moment, obviously, decision hindsight twenty you know twenty twenty. Uh, and look, even even she knows. She said it after she's like, I lost because of a mistake. You know, I think I'm a better fighter, and I think I'm going to come back and win, and I want my immediate rematch. It's crazy, Josh. I remember, you know, what is it like a week ago? I'm talking. I'm like, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, Josh. Do you think? I mean, we do have someone who could play upset in Alexa Grasso. That's true, yeah. And she did. Uh, Aaron Blanchfield. Uh, Tali Santos, Man and Faroe, all on the back burner now, waiting for this to get settled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think this is, a, this is a pretty easy solution to this, honestly. I think uh, Grosso Shoshenko rematch, because as much as I, I'm very sick and tired of immediate rematches, but dude, like, I mean, she was number one women's, I mean, wasn't uh, Shoshenko like number one pound for pound for women? Like, uh, either her or Nunez. Like, I, I, like. I mean, they, uh, they go back and forth, bro. They do go back and forth, so that makes sense. But regardless, you, you see my point. Like, she, she fucking, she hasn't lost since 2017. She has fucking seven title defenses. Like, but, I mean, before the Talia Santos fight, she lost a grand total of two rounds at the weight class. So, I think you gotta give her an immediate rematch. In the meantime, I, here's, here's, here's what I'm saying, Angel. Here's what I'm, here's what I'm saying. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit down with Mick this week, Mick Nander. And I'm gonna go ahead and sit down with her. I'm gonna tell him, "Hey, bitch, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you imagine? 
start off a conversation like that. No, I'm going to start off like, hey, we're going to go ahead and we're going to do Shevchenko versus Grasso in Mexico. All right, we're doing we're we're going to Mexico, baby. We're doing it. I don't even know why to do that. Yeah, they're doing it. They got to. They're going to do Brandon and Grasso. They have to, right? They Man have to. Coleman. They have Let's to fucking do it. And then you know what they're also going to do? We're going all in on regional based fighting in this in this meeting with with, with Mick Maynard Angel. We're going to go ahead and fucking do Grasso versus Shevchenko in Mexico, and we're going to go ahead and fucking do Blanchfield versus Manifero in France. A fight night main event, kind of kind of similar to Cyril Gong, you know, they gave him the close up last last year in France and some country. Let's do the same with Manny Farrell. What do you say, Angel? Is that is that your your? Are you cool with that? I'm cool, man. I'm I'm I'm, I'm DTF, dude. I'm down. I'm I'm down too, and I hate to I hate to forget. And just about and just to clarify for the show, Josh, DTF means down to fight. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, shit, what was he gonna say? Oh, yeah, and not to kind of, you know, forget about our girl Talia Santos, but I saw that Dana came out and said that there's something going on with her right now that she doesn't really want to leave Brazil and that she only wants to fight. She doesn't want to fight in America right now. So I don't know what the fuck that means, but that's why I did not include her in the whole. Otherwise, I do, otherwise I do Blanche for, Blanchfield versus Santos. That's a fight that I, that's like a fight I want to see badly right now. It's a banger. So. Anyways, man. Um. Moving one on down because we got this motherfucker, man. Shavka Rachmanov. No known weaknesses. We got to give Jeff Neal some props. Um, Jeff Neal had that fucking dog. Hands of steel, as he is known. And uh, this was his uh, this was his Gilbert Burns moment to a degree. You know, kind of step up reminding everybody, hey, this other guy's hype. He's cool. I'm still right fucking here. Difference is, is that well, Hamza Chamaya closed out Gilbert Burns for the decision win. Shavkar Rachmanov made it 17 out of 17, finished him in the third round, choked him, and put him to sleep. Angel, fight of the night. Um, give me your takeaways from this one. I think it was way more competitive and way more fun than anybody expected. I mean, I think with Jeff Neal, the thing is, he is like once again the style to make fights. He has that ability with the, with the power he possesses to change the fight at any moment. And in the third round, it seemed like he was going to do that because to begin in the first two rounds, I mean, they were looking pretty solid for Shockvat. I mean, there was one there was one judge who gave every round to Shockvat, I, I believe, right on a card. I think so. I'm pretty sure was I'm pretty sure he was winning on the cards going into the third. Yeah, no, he was winning, but I yeah, think I'd be was, shocked if he wasn't. So yeah, yeah, there there was one that had a blowout, and I think. Did one might have gave one round to Jeff? I don't know. It doesn't matter, obviously, because it ended in a finish. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, I do think this was his, uh, Gilbert Burns moment, like Chemayev. I am a little bothered by the fact that people were like, oh, he needs to be tested. He needs to be that. I'm like, do you guys not see the Jeff Neal fight? Like, did, does Jeff Neal just, is he just not, not a good exist. fighter? Not exist. Like, Jeff Neal had never lost like that. Ever in his career, and even in recent time, like nothing mm-hmm. comparable like that. Uh, that was one of the. I think that was the big moment for me personally before the Jeff Neal fight. And I mean, obviously, like I said, different style of matchup. Uh, and he got tagged in this. He, I did. We did kind of see that at times his hands were a bit low, which was kind of worrisome. It's like, dude, against this guy, that is not the game you want to play. Mm-hmm. And he got hurt. He got tagged. He got to. He had to rally back and, you know, get his faculties in order and find a way to get through and uh, 
find a finish in this fight. He didn't have to finish the fight because it seemed like he was winning on the cards pretty comfortably, but he still found a way to get it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, even the finish, it wasn't like uh that was a finish of like, I'm, I need to get him out of here still because I want to. That That's his, you know, profile. Like he's always going to find a way to end the fight. He does not see it like he doesn't. Uh, he's not fighting for a decision. I think Josh. Ever. No, no, he's not. And we see that clearly. You know, uh, obviously you can you can get into guys can go into fights knowing that they want to win the fight via decision. You know, they want to mm-hmm. fight a style. Like I think even to the extent like Cody Garbrandt in his last fight, though I think we'll talk about later on this card, fought the way he did because I think he wanted to go to decision. Obviously, he could fight the fi- if he could find the finish, he would find it. But he didn't fight and fight. Like he was wanting to end the fight, Josh. You know? No. Obviously. No, but and he needed to do that too, though. Like he, he needed, needed. No, no, you're not wrong. And he needed to. Yeah, he yeah. needed to. Uh, and for Shockwood, I mean, as far as what's next, Josh, what, who, who can we get? Who, who does he, who, who else do we need to see? I mean, shit. I mean, what, what's, what's, who we got ranked right now? Let me pull up the rankings. Because by the way, I forgot, in case you guys are listening to this and you have not seen it, by the time this goes up, John Jones is pound for pound number one. That just happened this morning, so. Yeah, he just, he just moved up nine spots. It's crazy. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not surprised, but right. that whole debate about Volkanovski and fucking Makachev, that lasted a long time, didn't it? Fucking. Yeah. So. <laughs> but anyways, I'm, in welterweight, yeah, I mean, we got, we got Shavkat at six. Him and Wonderboy were going back and forth, but I personally like to see the winner of Gilbert and Masvidal. I think that makes more sense. That, that, that's a possibility. I mean, he called out Kobe, but we know Kobe's not going to take that fight. Oh, kind of, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> Who do you, do you, hey, dude, hey, dude, you don't want to fight Hamza? Why don't you fight this dude? <laughs> yeah. He finishes more guys than Hamza, man. You want that shit? Like, right. Oh, yeah, and he doesn't gas. I mean, I, think, I, I mean, he has options. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. He has options. I think he can fight anybody from five to two. Comfortably. He can. I think he can. I think. I mean, and it also, if they can't, let's be honest, welterweight's a bit of a diva division. If they can't get somebody in that top five, I think the Wonder Boy fight would be fine because, like, look, Shavkat would totally stand with Wonder Boy. Like, he would not give a fuck. And I think Wonder Boy looked. He. I mean, if he's still, he says he's still here. You know, in that, you know. He still likes to put on fun fights. I think if they can't find somebody that top five, Wonder Boy coming off that big win, arguably one of the best wins of his career for Kevin Holland. I mean, that's not what I want to see. But if they're already going back and forth and they can't get anybody in the top five, I'd be fine with it. But I don't want anybody below Wonder Boy. Like, this kid's ready right now. Yeah, it, it, it's very evident. I mean, I mean, Vincente Luque coming off a loss, Sean Brady coming off a loss. Um, Jorge Masvidal is just like booked, but he's way lower ranked. Exactly. Neil, Ma- Neil Magny business been dealt with there. Michael Chiesa, I mean, coming off a loss, been out of action for a while. Chad Della Malina is trying to make his way up. Same with Michelle Pejera, which is crazy, you know, because one of those names has been around a while. And one of those guys has just recently showed up. And, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, it's, it's pretty wild how this division is going right now. But, man, 170 is in a very, very fun spot, Josh. I mean, we're talking about the young guys coming up and even the guys that aren't even uh, ranked. We talked about uh like Mike Malott, right? Because Mike Malott's a one in here. Am I correct? Not a one eighty five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a guy who's not even ranked it. I mean, granted, we don't know the skill ceiling yet. We need to see more. Interesting. Like, I'm excited. I'm excited for this one seventy division. I actually wasn't very excited for a long time. I mean, that whole I'd say from twenty twenty to until the Leon win over Kamaru, 
I was very not interested in much in this division. Obviously, Chimaev showed up, and that kind of brought some light to it for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was a lot of older names there for a while. Guys who were kind of lingering would get one loss when they're on a, on a win streak, you know, stuff like that. And Kamaru's fight style wasn't making it, you know, much better. But he did evolve a little bit. And obviously, he's not afraid to get into verbal exchanges. So that brought a little bit of excitement, too. But it really was been within the last, uh, I'd say, like, year and a half where I think it's really heated up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, this division, I mean, that's why I went ahead and called the, the the diva division. I mean, these are these guys, I mean, fuck, man. I mean, there's always some sort of fucking drama going on. This, this is the only division where there's still, like, an o- there's an open battery case between two of the fucking combatants, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's the type of shit that goes on in this division, so... <laughs> Uh, I mean, with because Colby and Masvidal, like a year and a half, not a year and a half, excuse me, but over a year later, no, no clarification on that. So there you go. It's kind of funny, but um, yeah, man. I mean, that is crazy though. Five is fighting eleven. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you didn't think about that, did you? Yeah. No, until just now. I mean, by the way, I don't know what they're doing with Masvidal, dude. I don't, I don't understand why they booked that Gilbert Burns fight, honestly. I mean, maybe they're hoping. He could yeah. beat him and maybe get that Leon fight because they know that's money there. Yeah, but they know he's not going to beat him. <laughs> I, I mean, they're shooting. I mean, Jorge, look, maybe they're, Jorge can. They're shooting in the dark. They hope. I mean, in the, in the feet, man, on the feet, it's where it would happen. I mean, it's not going to happen on the ground. Yeah. Um. Anyways, man. In terms of uh, the rest of the card, just moving one on. One on down. Mateus Gamrot defeating Jalen Turner by split decision. Both these guys had their moments. Ends up being Gamrot getting the win. Stepping in here on short notice, man. What do you, what do you think about his win? Who would you like to see him fight next? This is exactly what he needed. You know, I mean, off that loss to Benil. I mean, he just wanted to get back in the action. I completely get it. You know, obviously he was unsatisfied. He was, I'm assuming, disappointed with his, what he presented on that night against Benil Daryush. Uh, he took a fight down in Jalen Turner, who's ranked 10, and obviously he's 7 right now. He's in a tough spot. I mean, there's not a lot of crazy options for him because he has to fight up. But Fazib is booked. Uh, Chandler's fighting Connor. He's not going to fight Dustin. And, you know, Oliveira is booked. So he's kind of in limbo, just kind of waiting for things to play out unless he wants to fight down again. But even then, if he fights down, he already fought Armin and beat him. RDA is older, but, I mean, you could give him that fight. He fought Jalen Turner just now, but it was on short notice. Dan Hooker's coming off some losses. Demir's coming off a loss as well. You know, and the other guys are kind of slowly making their way, and I don't think they're deserving of a Mateus Gamrot fight. So we pretty much just have to – I think Gamrot's going to be sitting on the shelf for a little bit unless they want to give him Dustin Poirier, but I don't think they want to make Book that – Book it, Angel. I don't think they'll make it. Like, uh, honestly, that's the only option I think is that it's available right now that you could book, and they're not going to do it. At least I don't think they will. I mean, would you disagree? No, no, they're not going to book it. You know what's weird right now? So, and I don't know who I saw talking about this recently, but, like, the lightweight division, like, we had so much momentum. Like, we had, dude, we came, we had Islam Volk go, like, a perfect way. Like, a straight down the middle. I don't remember if the fight was a split decision, but I thought Volk won anyway, so fuck it. Super close fight, doesn't, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, tons of fan interest. Pound for pound number one, pound for pound number two. 
even coming out of the fight, we had drama. It was like, oh shit, these two are going to rematch. It's going to be perfect. Maybe they can even fight in fucking Abu Dhabi because for some reason Islam, he just he needs to fight there once a year. Otherwise, he can't just can't get his fucking fix. You know, like uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a joke. I'm just you know I'm just joking around. I know why he fights there, but um, yeah, man. And, but dude, since then this division and it's been like a month. You know, a bit over a month. Nothing. No more talk of rematch. We just kind of, it all kind of just faded away. Now nobody's talking. So I, I, dude, I agree. I think Gamrock's gonna have to sit for a bit. Like yeah, this I mean, division, which had a lot of momentum, and you know we had that fight, and then Chandler fucking McGregor got announced, and it was like, oh shit, dude, like we're fuck Charles did Daryush got fucking announced. Like we had tons of stuff happening. And I, I, I will say, yeah, go ahead. I will say, and I'm cutting up, and I'm cutting no, you off I, there with momentum. Everything will be kind of clear here within the next few months. Because Benio is going to fight, Justin Gaethje and Fiziev is coming up, and we know Chandler and Connor scheduled for midway this year. So as far as the top, there's going to be a lot of movement in the rankings in the next four or five months. Uh, so for a lot of the guys in the middle, the younger guys, the guys who are kind of in a weird spot like Armand, like Mateus, like Kanata Mokano, Drew Dober, and Grant Dawson, who are trying to get some pro, high-profile fights, uh, they're, they've got to be patient. If not, they're going to have to fight amongst each other, which is obviously a bit rough, right? Because you want to get... You know, you want to jump at least two, three spots, you know? You don't want to jump just up one a spot or two spots. Mm-hmm. You, but obviously, it's not always like that, so. Yeah. I, don't, I think I think you're right. I think the division will clear itself up in a, in a few months. I just think, like, I won't, I won't clear it now, Angel. <laughs> like, I, I know what you mean, but... I'm going to pace your bastard, you know me. When like, you look at those six guys up top, and I'm including the champ with this, yeah. those are some... Well, I guess Benio maybe not so much, no disrespect, but those are... Big profile names. I mean, we're talking Michael Chandler, Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, Charles Oliver, Islam Makhachev. Like, those are fat names with a lot of value. I mean, those are cash cows right now, you know? I think I just want to know. Like, I just want to call Uncle Dane on the phone. I just want to be like, all right, so what's the game plan? Like, what are we doing? And look, and look if Connor comes in and does it beats Chandler? If, if, dude, if Connor knocks out Chandler, he's going to get a title shot. I'm not even going to bother entertaining any other conversation. Well, you, well, no, you know what? I feel like he would get the winner. Of uh, or they would they would try to schedule somehow Benio, the winner of Benio Darius versus Charles Oliveira, number one contender fight. No, they wouldn't do that. Oh, they do some guy, dude. Dude, they're giving him a title. If he wins, he's getting a title shot. I, I don't even, know. I it wouldn't know. even be that hard to argue either, because at this point, like you know, Chandler's a top five guy. Like it wouldn't even be that hard of a sell, honestly. I don't know, but you know, there's there's. Let me get a clear up soon. Angel, I love you, buddy. I'm gonna come back to you in like six months from now after the show's over. After the, after, I will bet five thousand dollars that Connor will not get a title. Yeah, if he beats Chandler, that, well, yeah, you're a full part of this money every single day. So you know, like Josh is like, but, oh, Josh is like, Josh is like, I'll be getting a percentage of Angel's check for the next. Year. Yeah, right. But let's let's move on. You know, um, opening up fight on the card and dude, like, I think like of all the ways Bo Nichols debut could have gone. I gotta. This is kind of a hot take. This is obviously outside of losing. This is one of the worst outcomes. So Bo Nickel, if you went, if you guys missed the fight, basically walked out there. He threw a kick and slipped about seven feet across the octagon. But then afterwards, he he uh, he uh, you know he ended up getting a takedown, but only after throwing a knee straight to the dick of Jamie Pickett. Poor dude got kneed in the dick, tried to get the arm triangle choke, and about half of that time that he was stuck in the choke, he was trying to tell the ref, like, hey, he, he kneed me in the dick. And, uh, you know, 
didn't end, referee didn't call it, and if referee doesn't call it, it might as well not have happened. So ends up, Bono ended up getting the submission win, two minutes, 54 seconds around one, the longest fight of his career thus far, that in, it didn't even go three minutes. So give me your thoughts, man. I mean, let's be honest. Bo Nickel would have won this fight without the need of the groin, but uh, it's still disappointed that's the way it, it, it kind of went, you know? Look, I mean, it's kind of what we expected. Um, you know, I thought, I, I, uh, I saw some fighters talk about it. I saw one particular fighter. I'm not going to name him. Uh, name him. Because, because people were saying, uh, there's, oh, we know now, you know? And there are two, he was like, man, that didn't clear shit at all. <laughs> no, that didn't prove anything. Yeah. You know? Uh, which I'm kind of on the same boat. You know what I mean? Like, Jimmy Pickett's a guy who has been around, has experience, knows all the techniques, right? Is good enough to stick around in the UFC, but probably will never be a ranked guy. You know. I mean, he might. I mean, he might not even stand there. You, yeah, he might get cut after this one. He might get cut not too far. Three lost in a row. Like what is it? Like four in his last five. I mean, he's. Yeah. I I just don't know how far how quick they're going to push him. I think we did see though that he's a little green still though, Josh. In some aspects of of his game, Um, and we're kind of getting into some you know, more technical stuff that is a little harder for us to break down. But it was some stuff that I heard fighters say, like, look, like, in this situation, he really should have done this, or he really should have changed this here, and he could have got that done much quicker, or he almost did this in this spot, or whatever. So they're like, there are some holes, guys. We, we kind of saw him a little bit. It's nothing extreme. It's nothing that can get cleaned up over time. But, you know, we, we got to see. We got to see in the next one, and we got to keep getting him experience. We got to give some time, obviously. Long and you know projection wise though very strong stuff. I mean nothing has changed in that. Oh aspect. yeah. I think people. I think when we start making comments like that, people are like, oh, so you know people are probably thinking we're selling him short. We don't think he's good. It's not that. It's just that he's kind of still at the same place we're at. He's he's still projected high. We just don't know what the high can be yet. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean this fight coming out, I I I completely agree. I don't feel like we learned shit honestly. Um, I thought. You know, and like like I said, I kind of, I, it's just disappointing. Actually, I feel like I feel came out of this one feeling more disappointed than anything because I feel like Bo Nickel, and then and then his response afterwards being like, "No, I didn't do it. I didn't like." I'm like, "Oh damn, my eyes are, must just be lying to me." Then again, you know, like fucking. I mean, in the moment, maybe he didn't even feel maybe it, he didn't realize it, but it, it's it's very clear on video. It's not even worth. Denying. Oh yeah, on the video, yeah. I mean, he maybe he didn't see it or anything, or he was just like, "What? Why would people?" Fuck? But then they asked him, Ariel asked him on the MMA hours, like, hey, did you do it? And then they even showed the video of him doing it to Bo, like Bo doing, kneeing him in the dick. He's like, oh, I didn't do it. He's like, yeah, that's that's not me. That's that's the thigh. And I'm like, <laughs> it would have been way funnier if he just, like, went like, that. that's not even me in there, Ariel. What do you mean? Like, just, just almost did, like, a Chael Sonnen fucking. <laughs> you, know, you know who I want to see him fight next? And I don't know if you'll agree or disagree with okay, me. Okay, hit me with it, yeah. And this is an interesting one because of... This guy's skill set. And it, it's a clash of styles, and traditionally one style wins over the other. Rodolfo Vieira. 8-2 and two record. 3-2 and two in the UFC. Yeah. Not not a big record, you know, so there's no issue there. Not ranked. What are your thoughts? I'll take it. I'll take it, yeah. You know, go, go ahead and give me that, yeah. Give me that. Give me that. My, I need my, that shit. My, my, other two op- my other two options were Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Oh, don't don't do, don't do that to my boy. And Dusko 
Turovic. I think this gonna make sense. I think this gonna make sense. I think Al Haz Al Al Hassan. I want to see that one. I don't want him to. Those those are my three ones that I uh, have some interest in. You know, if I'm being non-biased, actually, I think all three of those are very solid fights. And down the and down the line, the fight I want to see uh, when when I when I imagine both these guys will be ranked or nearly ranked, Andre Petrovsky. I like that. I like that. Um, I think that'd be an interesting one too. I'm down for that one. I mean, I think uh, the whole Doffel Figueroa one is probably the one I like the most. Um, but hey, I like all those matchups, and I think uh, I think Bo, I think he's got a um, he's obviously got a bright future ahead of him. I just think like I wanted to see more. You know, do you, how, how fast do you want it to be? Do you want him to scale? I want him to scale it, dude. I wouldn't. I I see zero. Why do they got to rush it? I mean, I think, I think, it, dude, like the hype is getting to people too much, man. Like, I gotta, I gotta say, I think, cause Bo Nickel, I think, like, Bo Nickel could, he can be a top 15 guy right now. He can do this and that. But, like, do I really wanna, like, risk, like, like, fucking all, all the good prospects that people, that have failed throughout UFC history, like, yeah, the UFC thought that those guys could do that thing at that point in time, too. You know what I mean? Like, Let's let's not let's not ruin this kid. Like this kid's a legitimate future world champion. I don't see why we gotta rush it. Like let's take our time. Let's scale it up. Let's give him the appropriate steps up. Let's not say fuck it and be like, hey, like, because even then, like Hamzat, for example, if that somebody would be like, well, they pushed Hamzat. Like Hamzat had like five more fights by the time he got in the UFC than Bo Nickel did. Yeah. Like, there's no comparison. And like, he was putting, and he was also breaking records in that time. Exactly, you know, like Bo, like this was a good fight, but also like, you know, Jamie Pickett's a guy that's borderline use, like he's on the border of even being in the UFC, you know. So let's let's just take it back a little, let's scale it up. Let's Hadolfo Vieira, maybe Abdul Hazak Al Hassan, Dusko, like you mentioned, those are all good names, and they're. I, I will say, you know, I, I do think I do think you should be prepared to take a fight on short notice, though, if it comes available against the right guy, obviously. Yeah, well, I would, yeah, I, 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 think, I would love to see him be like, okay, I, I, fuck it, I'm gonna take one on short notice, and be like, well, he yeah. wants to go right now. He wants to go already. Yeah, you know, and he can, he can. I mean, if, let's, I mean, there's only one 185 bout next week, but if if that fell out, and he got called up, I'm like, shit, that'd be kind. Of, I'm like, damn, yeah, that pants a dog. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, but no, I definitely do want to see him. Like, my big thing is seeing him again soon. You know. Mm-hmm. And seeing Same. if he gets it done. And obviously in responsible time, do it right, you know, do it properly, adequately. Um, but I do think he should always be prepared, though, because I think uh, – and if he wants to do it the way he's saying he wants to be and he wants to be champ by set day, you know, let's see and let's see if uh, maybe when challenges do arise, maybe how he continues, you know, hmm. if they ever rise. Yeah. I mean, for, I mean, obviously he wants to go already. You know, but I just don't think that he, I don't think he should. I think no. he should take it a bit, a bit quicker. Like, what's the rush, you know? Right. So, anyways, man, um, I mean, as far as the undercard goes, what fights do you want to talk about? Which ones do you think were the, the most noteworthy? Coming out of I mean, 285. I mean, I think there's a, there's a few. There's a lot of performances that actually I liked on the undercard, Josh. Uh, we got to talk about Cody Garbrandt, though, because this was do or die. This uh, was, yeah. If Cody, uh, Lost his fight. There was a very, very high chance he would potentially get cut from the USA. 
or be close to. Obviously, we we don't know that for a fact. We do not have that information. No insider trading. No James Krause situation. We don't know. You know. (laughs) But it was going to look rough. I mean, at 31 years old, uh, a third loss in a row with one win in between before that, and three losses behind that. I mean, it was going to be tough. Uh, I think we saw a little bit of old Cody in that. You know, we saw that fluidity in him. We saw that movement. It looked like he was passionate about finding it, and he said it afterwards. He took. They did the proper thing and took a big step back in competition. I mean, this was big. But even then, he still had to go to the decision, you know, against a guy who I think maybe in Cody's best moment, I don't think he would have taken the decision, Josh, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, though, Cody's trying to get back to his – close to his former self as much as he can. I mean, we're talking about a former champ. I mean, that's a, kind of a wild thing to think about, you know? We're talking mm-hmm. about a former UFC champ, 31 years old, potentially being cut from the UFC. I mean, think about that statement written down. I mean, that's uh, – that's that's crazy, you know. Um, and I think they should continue this trend of him fighting lower guys, maybe not necessarily ranked. He was trying to, they were trying to schedule him against Ronnie Yaya for a while. I would love to see them try to get that again. I, I do. Yeah. I was a fan of that matchup when they originally scheduled it. If they can do that, big fan. Uh, they also tried to schedule Julio Arce at one point. I think that's also interesting. I don't got an issue with it. I would probably want to see Yaya first and then. Arce, but if Arce is available, boom, go for it. I mean, he—I mean, that matchup was scheduled for uh, actually his last fight. Never mind. It was actually – Trevin Jones actually stepped in. Mm-hmm. Forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that fight, uh, the Ronnie I one, makes sense. I mean, look, dude, I actually – I was um, – a lot of people said this fight was shit, and they said that, you know, oh, Cody looked terrible, you know. Like, I thought Cody looked actually pretty great. I thought this is like Cody Garbrandt that we need, you know, a guy that can turn to the wrestling when he needs to, a guy that's very composed. And I saw his – I saw a couple of post-fight interviews of him. I think he hit a really good one with uh, BT Sport where he pretty much said, like, you know, like, my life has been terrible for the last, like, couple of years. I got a divorce. I sold my house before the Rob Font fight. I've like I've I've just been treating this like a job and I've hated it the entire time. For the last three like couple of years, I've hated my life. But I switched teams. I'm in a good like he talked about how like he's working with Dewey Cooper now and like composure is the thing that I need. Composure, composure, composure. I'm I'm composed now, I'm no longer rushing everything. And I thought he showed that against Trevin Jones. So, look, dude, it's the first fight back of a new Cody Garbrandt. But I thought he looked good out there. I thought he looked quick. And, um, yeah, I thought he I thought he got a nice win. And so, he was having fun, something we hadn't seen in a while. Exactly. And I know some people are like, well, you know, like, fucking, it's Trevin Jones. Like, Trevin Jones is, is going to be cut from UBC probably after this. And uh, Well, like, Trevin Jones can put your fucking lights out, though. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Trevor Jones has always been, like, a mental thing, you know? Like, he knocked out Mario Bautista, he knocked out Tim Moore, uh, Value F, who were both very, very good. And then he just kind of had a couple of rough fights. And I mean, uh, the guys he lost to were also very, very good. So it's kind of hard to tell his limit, too. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But regardless, dude, I mean, what did you think about Cody's performance? I was actually really happy to see him back in there, man. It was clean. It was clean. I mean, it was, uh, obviously, look, from entertainment aspect, look, it's not... You know, it's not your, you know, it's not Michael Chad or Eddie Alvarez one or two, yeah. but it was clean. It was clinical. He used all his techniques properly, and it looked like he was fighting for it. You know, like they said on the broadcast, he fought a championship style fight. He did what he had to do to get the win. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, overall, though, I was very, very happy. 
I was very, very, uh, it was good to see him back, man. It was good to see him back, and obviously we're, we're a ways away, but Cody Garbrandt's still in 31, folks, you know. Um, and he's been knocked out four times, but fuck, do you think about the fighters that have? There are a lot more fighters than Cody Garbrandt that's taking a lifetime of damage. So if he can, if he's actually truly composed, if he's in a good space, which he appears to be, you know, sky's the limit, you know. I think Bantamweight, a, a, a good, healthy Cody Garbrandt, back that that's fun man that's the shit that i love to see so yeah we'll go ahead and keep an eye on that uh as far as the rest of the card goes dude i have no fucking idea how good drink is duplessis is i have no fucking clue i mean what do you think about him i mean he fucking look this fight went exactly as i said and people were like uh kept being like blonde brunson's gonna do this to drink i'm like dude they're both gonna fucking gas yeah they're both gonna fucking gas it just depends who gases first mm-hmm. and Drikus is relentless he'll gas but he's relentless yeah, um, he he's tired, but he'll just keep on working. It doesn't make any logical yeah. sense, but that's how it goes. Yeah, and um, on top of that, I mean, he has power. I mean, Jared. I mean, not Jared. Apologies, Derek. Because I was just looking. Uh, it was. I was thinking about Jared Kadir. You're good. Next you're potential. Good. Next potential matchup. That you're good. You're good. <laughs> I just. I had to clarify for this show. Okay. Okay. I know. There was a reason I had the name in my head. Okay. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I thought this fight was going to go how it was. I mean, they're, they're probably going to gas. Who's going to be able to outlast the other? Drikas did it. He did it before in his last fight. And, uh, we're here now. I think, I mean, I think Drikas is good. I mean, he's fought at a championship level and other in, in KSW. I do think, uh, like him being as heavy as it is and all that, like eventually he's going to catch up to him. And I mean, a five, he's not going to fight five full rounds, I think ever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, and I mean, if he does, I mean, he's gonna have to change some stuff up. But look, I mean, clearly everything's working. He's gone to this point with the record he has, and uh he's beating guys in the UFC who are at a high level, and he's now ranked pretty highly. And like I was saying, and I was looking at here, he's ranked six now. The only people ahead of him are Paulo Costa, Marvin Vittori, Jerry Kennedy, and Robert Whitaker, obviously Adesanya. But uh obviously Paulo has got some. We don't know what's going on there. Marvin is scheduled. I think Whitaker is just kind of a limbo, which is kind of just unfortunate. So mm-hmm. I think Drikas versus Jerry Cannonier could be a very fun matchup. That's six versus three. Uh, and for Drikas, it says some up in a prime position to potentially get a, a, a fight with maybe a number one contender spot position against whatever happens after the next title fight or, or whatever it may be. Or maybe they want to push him if maybe Izzy recaptures the title. If he is to beat one of these higher ranked guys, and maybe Robert Whitaker, Jerry Kennedy, or maybe even Marvin Vittori down the line, whatever it may be. But as far as like the the guys who are on the come up in 185, I mean, Drikas has cemented himself in a pretty good position right now. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, that being said, like I mentioned, I still have no clue how good he actually is. The guy gasses out and looks like shit for half the fight, but goddamn, he just he just doesn't lose. Like so. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued to see what, where he goes next. I think a uh, number one contender fight would make sense uh, for him at this point in time. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, I got a feel for Blonde. I got a feel for Blonde Brunson because I actually thought he had more success in this fight than I was going to. I actually thought Drake was probably going to fuck him up early. But, um, yeah, Brunson had a lot of success. Very weird fight, but very entertaining as well. Um, also on the card, man, Hebos picked up a, a, a much-needed win. She looks great. Yeah, she did. And, hey, dude, I mean – yeah, I think part of it is the fact that we haven't seen her in almost a year. It's been that long? Yeah, May 2022 was the last time she fought against Caitlin Shukagan. Wow. <clears throat> and she's, she looked, you know, she looked in her great. 20s. It yeah. was clinical. It was clinical. And you're going to improve a lot whenever you're that age and you're not fighting that often. You're spending a lot of time just cooking in the gym, you know. 
So, uh, right. very happy to see her pick up a win. Got a feel for our boy Julian Marquez, KC zone. Came out on the wrong end of that one against Mark Andre. Very old. It happens. He'll be back. Um, Ian Gary, let's talk about this because you sent me this. Oh, Ian man. Gary knocks out Song Keenan on the, uh, he got knocked out in the first round, but he picked himself off the canvas, gets a knockout win in round three. He posted something to Twitter along the lines of, like, whenever you sign to fight me, I, I you know, treat it like you made a mistake and yada, yada, yada. And people went off on Ian Gary. So, uh, Ian I mean, I, I'm just – the reason it bothers me is because people are going at him, but I'm like, you guys are going at this but not at other things fighters have said and done? Yeah. This is what bothers you guys? I mean, I will always reference Colby saying the stuff he did to Kamaru. About, well, we like hey, Colby. With, this, with the smoke signals and shit, which, I mean, was, like, full-on just utterly racist. But no one ever is going to call him out on but, that. But, but he's playing a character. Yeah, you know, but <laughs> we're not going to go down that full rabbit hole. But, I mean, to get a little bit into his performance, I mean, he rallied back right from getting dropped. Josh, his hands were fucking flowing. I mean, he entered this flow state that was uh something I haven't seen in a while. I mean, it was... And I saw this video that I saw an edit of uh, Connor in the Eddie fight, and it was Connor esque. It was a bit scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not exactly the same, but there was like little little, like there was a little bit taken from there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was very, it was very cool to see, right? And uh, and yeah, he put a he put a striking clinic on on her uh, on his opponent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really did, dude. Um, he looked great out there. I was very very impressed. I mean, as far as the the comment, if you're, if you're curious exactly what he said on Twitter, he said, when you sign a contract to fight me, I take it personally, and I make it my mission to make sure you made, you know you made a bad decision. And there's a picture of Sonkin on looking like he got jumped. Um, so basically, it was just people going after him. And, you know, he did a gritty after the fight, and it was classless is what some fucking loser said. Um, look, dude. I, We've I, seen worse. I mean, no one's going to yell at no one's going to complain about when Jorge kneed Ben Askren in the face and went down right next to him and said something to him, you know? And that's not classless, you know? And I'm, Dude, saying, okay, I'm, not, I'm not calling it classless. I'm just saying that's an example okay. of something that I well, think is a little bit worse, you know? Okay, here's here's how I'll quantify it, right? Ian Gary is a nerdy 20, 20-something-year-old 20, 20 dude from Ireland who got into MMA because he watched Conor McGregor. He's just, he's never done anything wrong outside the cage. In fact, if anything, he's, he's the exact opposite. He's, he's, he acts like fucking SpongeBob outside the cage, dude. Like he's, he's a very kind of, I don't want to say weird, but he's a very nice kid. He's never done anything wrong. And he's the guy that right now people are flaming on Twitter and getting, he, people are pissed at him. The card ended with John Jones getting a heroic welcome. He beat the dog shit out of the, the mother of his children less than a year and a half ago. And I'm like I said, this is I'm willing to give John. Hey, you know what? Whatever, you know. Like if you say you're a free man and you that was the last straw for you to clean your life up, I get it. But dude, like how is as an MMA fan, how can you have the more like the moral compass to be like this thing is much worse than this thing? You know what I mean? Like it makes no fucking sense to me. So yeah, I mean what I said to you and I said in our DMs, like dude, like MMA fans are just the most. The, a lot of them are just kind of like assholes, you know. Like there, there's no reason behind it. Like Ian Gary hasn't done anything to anybody, but fucking people just hate him. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. So, I don't know, man. I mean, 
Yeah. He looked great though. And I think, I think what I think part of it is, Angel, I think, I think part of it is that people really wanted Ian Gary to be bad. Cause when he came to the UFC, he talked about Connor a lot and people were like, oh, he's trying to be the next Connor. But he's turned out to be really fucking good. So now they're kind of annoyed. I, that's my theory on the thing. He's so young. I mean, he has a lifetime in this sport. You know, he has another. And life. he's rapidly improving fight to fight. Yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, his hands had never looked that clean in the other fights I've seen. Never. It was, it was, I mean, he, he, he was flowing. I mean, that's actually what it was. He was flowing and he, he rallied back from being hurt. I mean, he showed, uh, intangibles is the proper word to use, I think. Yeah. And he's 4-0, you know, and he's looked better and better from fight to fight to fight. So I think, he, he's I, a, I literally think that's part of the reason. Yeah. He's a 170er, right? Yeah, correct. It's a tough division. Um, and he has a lot of time though. I, I hope they keep taking it slow with him. Because he has time, and he's a young dad too. Uh, I don't know if he's right, married. What a piece of shit. This this guy is right. He's, <laughs> he's 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 young. He has a kid. He has he has a hot wife. Like he's good at fighting. You know what, what else could go fucking wrong? You know, or right or something. Yeah. But I'm happy to see him back. It felt like it had been a while. I mean, how long had it been since his last fight? Can you, can you give me a quick fact check on that? Ian Gary. Yes. Like since his last fight. Well, he went ahead and so. Obviously, he fought last weekend. Prior to that, he fought July. Man, it's been a while. Been a while. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't feel like it, but he's been in UFC since uh, about a year and a half now. UFC 268, November 2021. So oh, yeah, I mean, I remember the debut. Yeah, that MSG card. So, anyways, man, yeah, huge win for him. Um, early prelims. I mean, Tabitha Ricci, Baby oh. Shark, picking up a win. Big, that was a big, sick. Yeah, big fan of her. Sick finish. Yeah, sick finish defeating Jessica Finney. Um, Cameron Salimon defeating Leona Martinez. That was a weird fight. Um, but that, that kid, Cameron has a very high skill ceiling though. Like obviously he fucked up with the multiple fouls and he had that <laughs> issue in his last fight yeah. as well. I, he does need to clean that up, but, uh, he's not doing it on purpose. He's 22. He's super young. I mean, he, yeah, he, he has a very long time in this sport and I hope they take his, their time with him in his division, especially since these uh this bantamweight roster's uh murderous row. Mm-hmm. There's there's guys who aren't ranked who could probably beat some guys who are ranked mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And that's uh that's something scary uh for every, anybody in this division. I mean this is the most competitive division on the planet. I mean there's another one thirty five fighter on this card in free Basharat, uh the brother of uh oh my god, I'm forgetting his name, but the other Basharat brother who also had a good performance is right at 135, and this guy also seems like he has a very high ceiling too. So, and if that's not a representation of 135, then I don't know what is. Yeah, I agree. Um, overall, man, this is a. I mean, I think we highlighted all the fights, with the exception of um, <clears throat> Faryu Basharat picking up a win, and Loic Rabadrov. Oh, uh, Pinga Bidu win in the opening fight of the card, dude. UFC 285. It was a weird night, but um, one of the best nights we've seen in a long time, I feel like. So, yeah, very fun card. Uh, but UFC, Angel, this, uh, I don't even think they have an Apex card booked right now. Right, Angel, I think we're out of the pandemic. I think we did it. I think it took the UFC about a year and a half to realize later than everybody fucking else, but... I know they're doing this next card uh, at the the theater at the Virgin Hotels. Yes, the reason is because this is they've hosted um 
Let me rephrase. They've had, um, this is gonna be the first time they've ever had a, uh, a fight at the theater at Virgin Hotels. They've done, uh, fights like this before. They've had it at, like, a really small theater in the past. I know that they did that for, uh, I think, Tough. The one whenever DJ fought Tim Elliott. I think they fought at, like, a theater at, like, a Las Vegas hotel that had, like, there was only, like, two or three thousand people in attendance for that fight. Um, yeah, the Palms Casino Resort. Which had Demetrius Johnson, Tim Elliott, Joseph uh, Benavidez versus Henry Cejudo, Jorge Masvidal, Jake Ellenberger, Jared Cannonier, E.M. Lava, Sarah McMahon, uh, Alexis Davis, Brandon Moreno, Ryan Benoit, Ryan Hall, Gray Mayer, Rom Fott, Matt Schnell, Anthony Smith, Devin Clark, and a bunch of other people on that. What a card! Two thousand people. But they just did that card because they didn't give a shit about the flyweights. This weekend, they're having the card at the theater at Virgin Hotels because they really need the Apex for Power Slap. That's it. That's actually the reason, because Power Slap, the the finale, is happening this weekend, which used to be on pay-per-view and is now on Rumble. So, Oh, Angel, you never explained what Rumble is. Angel, explain uh, to people. I'll, I'll tell you afterwards. Okay, never mind. Well, anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to be streaming that on Rumble. And so, unfortunately, that means, um, or fortunately, depending on your opinion, uh, Peter Jan and Rob are going to have to fight at uh, the Virgin Hotel. So, there you go. Uh, but regardless, dude, this is main event. I am uh, I'm very torn about this one. Peter Jan, we have not seen him in quite a long time. Since his loss to Sean O'Malley last October, I guess it's not that long of a time, but it feels like a lifetime ago. Um, and he'll be taking on Marab Dawalashili, teammate of the champ Aljo Sterling, is on an incredible winning streak right now. Dude, he's just a fucking, he's got a hell of a motor, always moving forward. And he's defeated some legends. You know, Jose Aldo last time out, defeated Marlon Rice by knockout. What do you, uh, what do you think about this fight, man? I am very torn on it. I think, I'm glad that it's five rounds. I think it's a very compelling matchup. I think there's a good backstory here. So, what do you think about it, man? I mean, I'm not worried, man. I, I think, uh, I think Perry Ryan's gonna come back where he left off. And this is, this is the statement when he needs right now. His only his two losses were both split decisions and a razor thin one to Sean O'Malley, which I mean I thought Sean won, you know. Yeah. But obviously there was a lot of people who thought the other half, right? I'm not gonna argue that either. And look, he looked great in the first Aljamain fight until the illegal knee. He looked great in the Corey Sagan fight as well. And obviously his performances before Aljamain Jose Aldo, your favorite Jimmy Rivera, I mean all of those, all, all clinical as well. Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna pick Piotr, man. I think he's gonna come in and do his thing. His striking's I mean, he's, you know, he comes at that Tiger Muay Thai gym. Uh, obviously, he comes at, he does his main gym, but he also does his camps at Tiger Muay Thai. I think I've seen some uh, clips of him there very recently, and he's he's been out there. He's been out there working. I don't know how long he's been in Thailand, but clearly he kind of decided to take some time and kind of buckle down and put in some work in. Obviously, he's to take that trip from from Russia to Thailand, and uh, and granted, all the amenities and stuff out there. I mean, that that Tiger Muay Thai gym is is, is a beauty. Elite, um, yeah. And then obviously other people that come out of there. And look, Barab is good. Uh, he's great. He's good in his own right. Uh, obviously, Sambo is. I mean, we we see it. You know, it, it, it's clinical. I just think Piotr's going to be able to neutralize the takedowns. He's not going to get controlled in this fight like he did in that Aljamain fight. I think he's learned from those mistakes. Obviously, these guys kind of, you know, Aljamain and him are trading partners. So he already had. Maybe there's some stuff he can pick up from there. Some tendencies he already knows. Some stuff that this gym has done before, and 
I think the one thing for Marab is that he has someone who he has one of the best tools in his corner. I don't know if he'll be in his corner in Aljamain who fought Piotr, you know, mm-hmm. and give him a essentially a roadmap to victory. Obviously, different fighter, different styles. I don't know exactly how that will work out, but I think on the feet, Piotr and Marab are, I'd, I'd say, pretty comfortably apart. In the wrestling department, I think I'd maybe give us. I'd probably give the age to Marab. It's just going to depend on who can establish their game. I think if Piotr can uh, stop the early takedowns, keep it on the feet, damage Marab, maybe break him down on the legs, I think he has a, a nice pathway to victory here and can maybe get a late finish uh, on the on the feet. But if he starts getting taken down, starts getting his back taken, starts getting controlled, and we see that Piotr from that second Aljamain fight where he's getting backpacked, then, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be a good night in the office. But, I mean, this man's striking his clinical – his Muay Thai is on point, and if he gets his hands going, he enters a flow state. I think one of the things I'd love to see Piotr do in this fight is not start off as slow. Obviously, not start off quick, but he kind of has this this pace where he kind of builds up Josh, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where he's he's downloading, and he's kind of there. I would kind of not necessarily like to see him be necessarily the initiator, but kind of take control of the early rounds and see if he can maintain that control all the way through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of on, I'm on a similar page. Um, I think. I'm going to take Fury on to win. Um, I think he's the more clinical striker. I think he will be able to keep his fight on the feet. Um, mainly just because, like, I think Aljo was able to out-wrestle him in the second fight, but I don't think that's going to be able to, I don't think that's a game plan that Marab's going to be able to... Yeah, I don't think he's going to be able to implement it, honestly. I think Aljo's more creative with the takedowns. I don't think he has more... He's more dangerous on the feet. That sounds weird, because I understand, like, you know, Aljo doesn't... It's not like, no, it's like a fucking... You know, and got him on the feet or anything. But, like, the guy, um, he's very creative. He throws a variety of strikes, and that's kind of easy to keep somebody on, on, like, keep them off of you, so to speak. Marab doesn't have that much at all. Um, I don't think he has as creative takedowns as Aljo, so I'm going to take Peter on. But could, you know, Marab get a takedown and, like, you know, just keep the pressure going for five rounds and, make a fight really, really boring by pressing him into the fence and just not giving a fuck, kind of similar to the Aldo win, I could see that happening. I could see there's there's a world where that occurs. So, uh, that being said, I will take Peter on. It should be a fun main event, though. I'm very excited for it. Co-main event, though, I'm actually even more excited for it. Uh, Alexander Volkov taking on Alexander Romanov. Let's keep the heavyweights going. I said it at the start of the show. Let's keep it fucking. Let's keep it going, man. Volkov coming off a, a knockout win over Garcia Rosa strike last June, taking on Romanov coming off the first loss of his career to Marcin Tybura last August. Prior to that, he was seen as like a potential, uh, you know, future title challenger. Just unbelievable when it comes to the wrestling. But now, you know, first loss. How will he rebound? What do you think, man? I think he's gonna right. I think he's gonna rebound well, Josh. I think the issue in that fight. And something that we wasn't prepared for was the elevation. He got tired, and it was because of elevation. I, don't, I had never seen him get tired like that before, and I think that's kind of what his downfall was. Because when he had his moments early on, uh, before he started getting tired, he looked good. Granted, though, I mean, I, I believe it was the elevation. Who knows? Maybe in hindsight it wasn't, but it played a factor. It affected a lot of fighters on that night. It affected Paulo, affected Luke, and affected, um, in my opinion, it affected Romanov. Uh, I mean, Volkov has a clear path to victory here. Don't end up on your back because Romanov's not going to let you off your back and he's going to hurt you if you end up on your back. And if, if he takes you down, he's going to wet blanket you. And it's mm-hmm. not going to be a fun night in the office. And obviously for Volkov, keep it on the feet. Keep him at distance. You have all those long limbs. Kick him from far away. Don't let him catch your feet. And 
I'd say that's his pathway to victory. I mean, it's kind of a, in some capacities, kind of your old school striker versus wrestler matchup or grappler matchup, however you want to put it. Um, I'm a little torn on this one. I mean, I could see either guy winning, uh, but I'm going to go Romanov. I think Volkov's had some issues lately. I think he'll be exposed. I think he'll get taken down, and I think he'll have trouble getting back off his back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on a, a similar page. Um, I think if this is five rounds, I'd actually totally take Volkov. Um, it's more or less the... It's, it's the fact that it's a, a three-rounder that makes me afraid. Because I think, like, five rounds, I, Volkov would probably dominate, especially in the in the championship rounds. But I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Romanov. I think he'll be able to control him for at least two of the three rounds. I think Volkov, as much as I love the guy, he put on a lot of that muscle mass and a lot of weight to try and help with the takedown defense, and it hasn't it hasn't worked whatsoever. I think he's probably just... I just it's just gonna be tough for him, man. I, I mean, think, I mean, he's still experimenting. We've seen that yeah. he's still kind of changing it. Like he's, but that's yeah. that, it's been a good thing though because we've seen ups and downs in it. You know, mm-hmm. I think I, I don't agree. think I don't think he's fully found where he wants to be at. Because you uh, have it pulled up, we can look at it real quick. Because in that Yerzinho fight, he weighed in at two fifty six, and the Aspinall fight, he went in at two fifty three. So not much of a difference there. Gone fight, he came in heavy two sixty five. He can't. He came in at the limit then. Versus Overeem, 264. So, I mean, he kind of decided to kind of cut off some pounds and see if maybe he could get some, uh, lean up a little bit, maybe pack on a little bit extra muscle, but make it, uh, make it, you know, that healthy muscle, help, you know, be lean. Yeah, and he's still, he's still figuring it out, you know, he's still figuring it out. So I got, I got faith in the boy. So that'll be fun. But anyways, man. Uh, rest of the card goes. There's a couple of big matchups on here. Which ones are you most looking forward to? I think we got to go down one to the fight we wanted to watch a few weeks ago, Josh and Nikita Krylov, Ryan Span. I mean, we kind of already gave our preview on it, but they're gonna. I didn't just realize this, they're fighting at a catchweight two two fifteen, which mm-hmm, I mean, makes sense, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, have your opinions changed at all in that time? Or are we kind of on the same boat still? I mean, obviously, I know we're not picking this as an official pick, but. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of. I feel the same way about it, honestly. You still think Krylov's gonna win? Yeah, more than likely. All right, all right. Although I will, I will say, I think that the three rounds could could change it a bit. I didn't even think about that. You're right. Because I, I feel like, well, I don't know. I don't know. I think we haven't seen these neither one of these guys actually in the championship fight. So I don't know. In a five rounder, so who knows? Um. But yeah, I mean, I think it still should be a fun fight. Uh, I, I like to do the cash rate. I don't think they should have to make these guys cut any more weight than, you know, they have to. So, um, anyways, man, as far as the rest of the card goes, Ricardo Hamos, Austin Wingo should be a lot of fun. Saeed Namagamadov, Jonathan Martinez. That's but a fucking banger. banger. Yeah, there we go. Um, find him really fucking psyched for Rafael Asuncao, who looked like he was just fucking he looked like he was cooked, you know, and then he comes out, he took a year off, goes back, dominates against Victor Henry. Now he's taking on Davey Grant, who's lost two in a row, well, not lost two in a row, he did knock out Luis Mocha Prada, he lost two in a row. Should be another banger down at Bantamweight, man. Battle um, of the Boomers here, dude. They do got a lot of the Boomers, because then we got Guido Canetti, the 43-year-old legend who's won two in a row, taking on Mario Bautista, who we talked about earlier, he's running a 3-5 winning streak. My girl, Ariana Lipsky, is back. Very excited to see her. Um, she's going to be taking on J.J. Aldridge. 
He's coming off that loss to Aaron Blanchfield. And then, obviously, our boy Tyson Mom, one of the most electric flyweights on the roster, taking on Bruno Gustavo da Silva, opening up the card, who has debuted, not debuted, but he's coming off two knockout wins in a row. So there we go, baby. So, yeah, a lot of fun there. Very, uh, I don't say I'm very excited for this card. But they're, they're, it's very top-heavy, but there's a lot of good fights on here, man. Yeah, guys, maybe you wouldn't necessarily think about, you know, like, uh, not big names. It's, I guess this is what I'm trying to word it, yeah. Yeah. But, anyways, man. Um, we got more MMA this week, too, though. We got Bell Tour 292 going down to the SAP Center in San Jose, California. The main event is the, one of the first fights as a part of the Bell Tour Lightweight Grand Prix, where eight fighters, will collide to try and win a million dollars in the lightweight title. In the main event, Usman Nurmagomedov, the current champion, will face former UFC champion Benson Henderson, smooth riding a two-fight winning streak, including an upset win over Islam Mamadov, who was 22-1 and heading into that fight. Then he dominated Peter Queeley, 50-45 him. Um... Look, man, I think it's actually a very interesting fight. I think it's actually going to be a closer fight than what people expect. What do you think about it? I don't know, Josh. I mean, Benson's almost 40 now. Obviously, he's shown some signs of still being there. But I don't know if a guy like Peter Quilly can uh, be comparable to Usman. Obviously, the the other Russian uh, the Russian fighter he fought previously is on Mamadov. I mean, I'd say that's a little bit more comparable to Usman or Magomedov. Yeah. But, I mean, Usman is looking solid. I mean, that, uh, he's another Dagestani who looks great and all well-rounded. And, you know, he's comfortable in being in the stand-up. But that's, I think that's a big thing with that uh, people aren't necessarily thinking about when they see that name and they see his face. They're probably like, oh, he's going to come down here and wrestle and control and go for a finish. No, but he is capable of doing that if he needs to. Uh, I'm curious to see how much he takes the fight to the ground against Benson or if he's going to decide to keep it on the feet. Because if he keeps it on the feet the whole time, I'd say Benson has some chances, some opportunities there. Maybe he can find an opening. But if he really gets flowing, really starts giving Benson different looks, maybe goes you know goes for a takedown, goes up top, mixing in his kicks, really gets flowing his combinations, and uses his speed. Because Benson, at this point in time, not as fast as he used to be. Obviously, this kid's 24 years old. I mean, he's in peak condition. I mean, this kid's going to give him a hard time if he gets flowing. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Um I'm not saying that Benson will win this fight. I think this fight will be more competitive than what people think. Because um, I think Benson's going to win this fight, this fight going away. But I think there will be a couple of exchanges in here, maybe a couple of moments where you're like, I think he's going to have to work, you know, um, which is all I really want to see out of this kid. Because, I mean, 16-0, barely been challenged. I mean, Patricky didn't challenge him, but he took him the distance, which is, you know, something, I guess. So, um, But I think Benson may have some moments, but he's going to end up coming up short. So... Um, yeah, I'm going to take Usman or Magomedov, but uh, I think the Comey event is just as good. Another fight in the lightweight Grand Prix is going to be Tafik Mustafaev, who we haven't seen in almost a year, man. He's uh, been out of the cage since knocking out Sidney Outlaw back in July 2022. That was his Bellator debut from a Ryzen uh, champion. Well, not former Ryzen champion. Fought for the Ryzen title. Uh, fought in their Grand Prix. Won their Grand Prix against Patricky uh, Pitbull. Actually, fun fact whenever he was a part of their co-promotion back in, like, 2019. Uh, taking on Alexander Shabley, 
who is a very fun prospect. 2023, coming off a win over Brent Primus, former Bellator, champ, Bellator champion. 3-0 and inside the Bellator cage. What do you think about this fight, man? Obviously, I know that the uh, Usman Benson going to steal all the headlines, but this co-main event is probably the best fight on the card. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, look, I'm excited. I mean, I, I think Alexander Sobley has been due for kind of a – obviously, he finally got it in Brent Primus. I felt like he needed to get that that name in Bellator where he deserved it because they even – you know, no, and no disrespect to these guys, but guys like Bobby King, Alfie Davis, who, yes, they they have – all right records, but I felt like for a guy with the kind of skill set that he had and the level he had coming into Bellator, he needed something challenging. He needed someone who could pose a true threat. And I think that's Sufik Mazayev. I think it's the guy who's going to be standing across from this, uh, was it going to be Friday night? Or? Um, yeah, Friday night. And look, yeah. Tufik, and, and Tufik is, uh, you know, older, not by a lot. He's, he's kind of a, he, he spent a lot of time in Ryzen. Um, he was, I think he's been there since 2018, and obviously, uh, there was a bit of time jump there with all the, the COVID stuff. It kind of took some time away from the sport, and he I had to wait a little bit to make his Bellator debut, and finally he got to make it, and he got to send out a lot of opportunity, and he gets this quick finish. Um, I don't know. I feel like he's gonna have some trouble. I feel like he's not fully, I don't know. He, he's been away from the sport for a little bit. He only has one fight back. Alexander Shabley hasn't stopped. I think his skill set's going to be... He has more tools to finish the fight, I think, than Tafik Mazayev. I think Tafik Mazayev really relies on his hands and his power. And, I mean, that's how most of his fights have ended. He's been on the feet. I just don't think that's going to work against Shabley. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you're taking Alexander Shabley, then. I am. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to go same page. I'm going to go same page. I'm also going to take Alexander Shabley. Not because I have anything against Tafik Musafaya, but um, I don't know, man. Um, I just got a feeling. I think the fact that Tafik's been very inactive, he has been out of the cage for over a year. It's really, I mean, that win over Sydney Outlaw was impressive, but also, I mean, Sydney himself has never really impressed me that much. He's also coming off of fucking testing positive for everything out of the kitchen shop. Actually, so I, did, I didn't know this. Tested positive for three different steroids, oh. which is why he got pulled from the Bellator tournament. We see on that trend? Um, let me get you exactly what he was on. I can find out real quickly. He was on Austrian, Cartazine, and Antrazol. Interesting. Very interesting. So so who's coming, who's coming in to take his place? Uh, you didn't hear? Brent Primus. Oh shit! Yeah, don't you like that? You like that shit, don't you? I do. I love it. I was happy. To, I'm happy about that because I, I was really kind of uh, like sad that Brent uh, got got cut from the whole ordeal. You know, um, I still think he's like one of Bellator's top lightweights. So I was happy to see him go ahead and get the nod. Um, regardless, I'm very excited for this card. Uh, in terms of like outside of the top two fights, obviously that's just what we preview when it's like a fight night sort of thing. But the main event is actually not main event. Excuse me, main card is all around very very good. Valentin Moldovsky, Linton Vassell is a banger. Michael Venom Page, back at your boy Gucci Yamaguchi, it's gonna be a banger. You want just anything to say about those fights or anything on the undercard? No, I'm excited. I mean, we've kind of seen Linton Vassell kind of recreate himself uh, himself now at heavyweight. I think it's a nice change of pace, and it's been working out for him. It's it's awesome to see that he went from being a a light heavyweight to now a heavyweight, and it's and it's going well. I mean, he's beating good guys. I mean, Kuratanov, Tyrell Fortune, Tim mm-hmm. Johnson. 
I mean, he's he could potentially beat Valentin Moldovsky and get himself against a fight against Ryan Bader. I mean, that's some exciting stuff there to see a guy at, at this point in his uh, in his career at 39 years old to get potentially an opportunity at. Because if if he is the win, he'll probably be fighting Bader by the time he's 40, and uh, that's just awesome to see this guy kind of have this career turnaround, especially because prior to making the change, I think he was like on a three fight losing streak. He was he was having struggles. He had lost to Ryan Bader at 205. Um, exciting stuff there. And MVP, man. I mean, who the fuck doesn't want to watch MVP fight, man? I mean, he is so entertaining. One of the most entertaining guys who, uh, in all MMA. And, and we get to see him again. It's been a while, man. Obviously coming up with that Logan story loss, which rough and the Mike Perry loss. We forgot about that one, John. Oh, oh yeah. Six shit. rounds. Fair enough. That was, I mean, that was a banger. Not right? good for the brain, you know. <laughs> and, uh, Goichi, he gets his opportunity to, uh, another big, uh, another big name at, at St. Bell Obviously he got that in Neiman Gracie before. We get to see it again. I love it. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. I, that's that's one of the fights I'm most excited for on this card. Goichi and Michael Venom Page are such a stylistic, like... The clash. Yeah, really. It's very, very weird, but I'm very excited for it. Um, yeah, I mean, MVP has had two very close fights, and he's lost them both. We'll see what he can come back with here. Um, the undercard, there's not all... I mean, there's a couple of nice names on here, man. I mean, Eric Perez, Enrique Barzol, that should be fun. I believe both, both of those are former UC veterans. Uh, Joshua Casbell should be a banger. Islam Mamadov, we mentioned earlier, he's back here. And then bit the, my favorite prelim fight, Julius and Anglicus taking on Dotsland Yagamashirov. Our boy Yags is back, man. I'm excited. Banger, 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 Josh. Definitely, man. So... Yeah, this is a fun card. Definitely a very fun card. Um, it's not Bellator's, you know, best offering, and but it, it is better than what we got later this month for when Bellator 293, uh, which is Marcelo Gome and versus Daniel James. Which you, if you told me those were two uh, people you created in UFC four and they're not real people, I would have believed you. So um, that's that's mostly a joke. I'm very I actually did make those guys in UFC four, Josh. I knew it. No fucking. Anyways, man. Uh, yeah, I mean. That's what we got for fighting this week, but we do got a, just a couple of bits of news uh, to go ahead and go through before we close out. Jake Paul, Tommy Fury, dude, we just got them last week, and they're not wasting any time. According to ESPN, they're already eyeing it a rematch for July. Not that far away, man. Um, That's quick. Yeah, I feel like this is this is interesting to me because uh, I'm even less interested than I was before because I thought if these two rematch, they'd probably rematch in like you know September, October because they got to give Jake time to recover and well he's got time to recover and to actually try and improve because they're not going to make up that fucking ground you know like in in a couple of months but that's what they're trying to do I guess they're going to have him try and fight in July so what do you think then? I mean, I'm assuming it'll probably be late July, right? It won't be early July. Or do, do uh, we, we, have, we have no clue as of now. I don't know. We'll we'll find out. We'll find out. Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z Kai. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think I'm genuinely not not that. I'm just I'm just surprised it's that quick. I wonder will they'll do it. Will it be in America or in England? Well, I don't think Tommy still can't get to the stage, right? Oh well, never mind. Pretty sure. Well, there you go. So probably Saudi or uh, the UK. But, yeah, I mean, not, not a lot to say about this one because obviously they haven't scheduled it officially and so on and so forth. But I was uh, – I found it interesting. They're not wasting any time. I thought that was kind of um, 
I mean, there has to, I mean, there's there's a reason. I guess they were kind of maybe they're thinking the sooner the better. Yeah, I, I suppose capitalize on the momentum and all that. But right. from a from a stylistic perspective, it, it makes me a bit less interested because I thought like if Jake actually took it seriously and like like maybe not even fought him next, maybe he fought KSI next, and you know like a year from now they go back and run it back. I'd be more intrigued, but um, yeah, not in July. So, anyways, man, what uh, some interesting stuff though. Some interesting stuff because, well, in terms of like USC news, I mean, uh, Darren Till gone. Darren Till is officially gone from USC Angel. So we don't have, um, let me, let me rephrase. So essentially, Darren Till, I don't know if he's officially been cut or if he's just been, been removed from the active roster, but regardless, he was removed from their website and afterwards he said that he's essentially leaving the USADA pool because he wants to get some stuff done to his knees. So, yeah, dude, I'm pretty sure the McGregor uh, training regimen is going to become, like, a really popular thing. What do you think about that news? I mean, shit, can you blame him, dude? I mean, if, if you can recover and come back, I mean, and you come back clean, who gives a fuck, in my opinion, to be honest with you? Yeah, I don't give a fuck whatsoever. I think if you if you actually care about these fighters, they should be able to get the best care, you know? Yeah. And uh, for Darren Till, if his knees are truly that fucked and he has to leave USADA to do I mean, it. It's, like, I mean, it's been injury after injury after injury, man, after, I mean... Ever since pre Robert Whitaker fight, post Robert Whitaker fight, I mean, he needs it. He deserved it, and he said he's going to take this time off and just recover. And I think that's what he needs, honestly. He's tried to come back; it didn't work. And even, even in hindsight, thinking back to his last fight, Josh, he didn't look super cut. He looked a little pudgy. You know, I wonder if that's because he's not able to train the way he wants to. Maybe a little unfocused. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe something like this wasn't. I don't know. A lot of assumptions being made, but yeah. I mean, I, I think we've even talked about for a while that he needed to take maybe a step back just time-wise, just mm-hmm. get better. And, yeah, and that's what he's doing, and it's a smart decision. He's still pretty young, so it's not like he's losing a lot of time. Obviously not ideal, but he's a name. He has a – he can pull, and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's also said, by the way, that he's gotten some big offers from other MMA promotions, so who knows if we even return to the UFC. Um if, I'll be honest. If I got some vitamins and like I was, and I wasn't gonna have to be USADA tested again, I'd probably take a couple of those offers too. But we'll see what Darren does. Um, okay. Speaking of guys leaving the UFC, this is the last bit of news for the day. It's gonna announce like the day after we filmed last week. So forgive us for being you know late news, but I still wanted to discuss it anyways. Um, BKSC is fucking. They're throwing some money out there right now, man. Um, because. You know, Luke Rockhold announced in January that he was a free agent and that he was looking elsewhere, boxing, MMA, bare knuckle, jiu-jitsu, combat jiu-jitsu. He didn't give a fuck. He just wanted to compete, you know. And, uh, well, boy, is he. Because he's going to be fighting Platinum Mike Perry in the BKFC ring in April. BKFC 41 and Angel in the Colmate event. They announced it the same day. The underground king, Eddie Alvarez. Meeting Chad Money Mendez. It's going to be on pay-per-view. Dude, I got to admit it. I'm way more psyched for this fight because there's these fights, excuse me, because this is uh, BKFC. They're really like going out and grabbing some old washed dudes. But these guys are old and they're washed, but they're not old and washed enough to where I won't be intrigued by it. You know what I mean? No, no, I'm 100% with you. So you're, 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 you're a fan of these books. Oh, dude, I'm DTF. You're DTF, yeah. I'm down to fight. Down to fight, yeah. So, uh, 
Yeah, I'm pretty psyched about it, honestly. I think uh, David Feldman is making some big moves right now. This this and, was uh, a this was a power move, man. I did not see this coming. And like you said, uh, when you sent it to me, you're like, uh, Chad Mendes and Eddie Alvarez is like the best fantasy matchup I've never thought about having. Yeah, because they're just 10 pounds. Of, they've been 10 pounds in weight apart their entire career. And Chad moved up to lightweight when he went to BKFC. So it's like, and my mind just never even thought about it. But like, Dude, I don't even know who's going to win that. I don't know who's going to win Rockwell Perry because, dude, like. Mike's look good. I mean, he beat Mike's fucking MVP. Dude, Mike, no, no, no. But Mike's looked good. But Luke Rockhold is going to weigh like 30 to 40 pounds more than him. Well, no, I mean, I don't know. What are they going to fight at? What's what's Mike going to fight what, at? I don't know what weight they're going to fight at. But, dude, Mike is, Mike's at 170 here. 185 if he's if he's being frisky, you know. Luke Luke Rockle walks around for 205, man. Hey man, different sport though. We've seen it though. Different already. sport. That's true. That's true. So I mean, it is interesting because you're giving so much size away, but one of these guys okay. is so much better. I, I I just looked it up. He fought. It doesn't say what he weighed in at. It just says weight or what. It doesn't say what was scheduled at. But it says 170 for MVP, 175 for Julian Lane, and 174.7 for uh, his triad combat. For Luke, it's saying 185. So he'll like I don't know. It says it on Tapology. It might not be official, but I'm guessing Perry going up. Maybe they'll catch weight 180. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. But yeah, man, I am um pretty fucking psyched. I'm pretty fucking psyched. I think this is a very fun event, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. This is this is good. This is this is the right way to do it. And these guys are about to get fucking paid. Oh yeah, yeah they are, man. I'm not sure where they're getting this money from. But. Who 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 is the next guy you like to see in BKFC, Josh? I gotta be honest with you, I really don't ever like seeing anybody sign to BKFC. <laughs> but I I mean I don't I I don't know. Look, but we've had some good ones though, like Chad Mendes did good, John Dotson did good, uh, Mike Perry. I mean, we've seen the success. Like it hasn't been bad. No, no, it's been guys that have had success. It's just. There's a certain you got to be a certain type of guy to want to do that, you know. So I don't know who will be next. I but. mean, fuck. I mean, I never thought that. I mean, look. I mean, Luke. Luke is a pretty boy, man, and he's doing it. That's true. That's true. But we'll see, man. We'll see. Um. Anyways, I mean, any any closing thoughts on this? Any closing thoughts on anything in the combat sports world before we go ahead and uh, say goodbye to the people? No, I'm I'm just excited to come back, man. This this month is is packed. I was talking to you in the green room and kind of, and I didn't even think about Bellator and this and uh, as one of the cards on here. But I mean, that was another one. But I mean, in a week, Josh, we have Edward Zuzman. It doesn't even fucking feel like it, but we're gonna have it. You yeah. know that? And then after that, we're gonna have Cheeto, Cheeto Vera and Sandhagen. And then after that, Josh, we're going straight into Adesanya Pejia. And then in our hometown, Josh, in Kansas City, goddamn it. We'll Max Holloway will face Arnold Allen in the T-Mobile Center. Are you are you Dana White right now? No, Josh, but I'll be there. You know, ring, you know, ringside. You know, cage side next to my homes. You know. Oh yeah, right. You guys, you, you guys I mean, are just that close. No, we're not that close, but I know he'll be there. <laughs> dude, you were fucking. You were pumping the fights, dude. Like you're fucking Dana White at the McGregor Mayweather press conferences, fucking right. Red as shit. Looking like about to have a heart attack, dude. But, Dana talked about like how you know how, like he's doing that thing where he's talking about like oh you know I talked to a doctor and he said I was going to die at sixty you know if I didn't oh change my, God, my life yes. like 
he took off like 15 years by doing the introduction to McGregor Mayweather at those pressers, man. Like he was, he was cooked. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, man, anyway. we, haven't, we haven't even talked about Chandler uh, Connor. I don't, I mean, we'll leave it for We'll, we'll talk about it when the, the, the show starts airing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm a little sad it's going to take a little bit, but. It's actually know. not that far away, dude. The show will start airing, uh, I think May 6th. It still feels so far for me, man. Less than two months though, baby. Come on, man. We're already in March. I know, Josh, but I need it now. I know, I know, I know. I need, I need it now, Josh. I need it now. I know. We'll see. We'll see. I want it now. No, but anyway, so we'll fucking, um, we'll, we'll talk about that when it, when it comes up. But yeah, man, I mean, as far as the show goes, I think that's all we had to talk about. And I, uh, hope you guys enjoyed it, man. We've been killing it on, on cliffs. We've been killing it in growth. And we appreciate that. And once again, shout out to our sponsor, Rogue Energy and Elixir.com. Code sound off for both of those folks. So, um, yeah. And I'm at Josh Shinoff. He's at Angel Ortega underscore 01. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click. <laughs>